Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Hi, everyone. Elaine and Diane here. And we know that you want your complex kids to grow up to be happy and independent. And yet you're not always sure how or when to help with that. In this podcast, we'll encourage you to collaborate with all kinds of complex kids and support them in navigating life and learning. And we'll interview leading experts from around the world, as well as parents in our own community, talking about how training for parents actually helps these complex kids. We'll talk about the issues we hear parents struggling with all the time and how a coach approach can support and empower your amazing young people. We won't tell you what to do. We're going to help you figure out how. So let's move on to the next conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to another conversation in the Parenting with Impact podcast. I am super excited to welcome my friend, Shannon Sedlicek, who has um, had a really interesting uh, series of careers in her life and has been an attorney and has been a firefighter and is now a coach and has probably been a coach throughout all of those in some way or another. And she's not here today because she's an expert in parenting, although she is a parent and she has been parented. And she's not here today because she has an expertise in neurodiversity. She's here today because we were talking at some retreat somewhere, and I just felt like she had some insights and wisdom from her experiences that would really be insightful for parents of complex kids. So first of all, Shannon, thank you for being here. I'm excited to have this conversation. Thank you, Elaine. Me too. So, so I'm going to skip over the first career, if I may, unless you want to hit the transition. And, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you know, and what I want you to tell us about is a little bit about sort of what you were doing as a firefighter and how that has informed your work as a coach and how that, because I think that will lead us into a conversation about how that relates to all of us listening as as parents or professionals with whatever hat we've got on. So is that yeah. general enough, but specific enough to get you started? <laughs> yeah. So firefighting, I think most people think of firefighting as very physical. And, and of course, my first career as a litigation attorney, you know, it's very much in my in my head box, right? And most people think of firefighting as being very physical. And it can be. You just follow orders, do exactly what your boss says. And once I became an officer, where now I'm leading a team of firefighters, I recognized very quickly that I need to actually be in my body. And I also need to definitely have my prefrontal cortex going in order to keep everybody safe. So for me, it was the experience of really being deep in my body, being able to feel deeply on you know, really tragic, difficult calls that we are exposed to, very traumatic calls, you know, infant CPRs uh, and, and other tragedies, and be able to be fully present with another person, in, in this case, a complete stranger, typically. It was that place, I think, and combined with being a mom, a new mom. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't become a mom until I was in my mid-40s. And so it was that combination that really allowed me to see how huge it was to be able to give that gift of heart presence 
and to be able to follow my gut, my intuition, and how that informed now the work that I do as a coach. I'm no longer running into burning buildings. <laughs> Not physically, maybe metaphorically. No, but you know, what, what jumps at me from what you're sharing is, you know, when as a parent of complex kids, and before we started, just so you know, Shannon said she's got a complex kid and she was one. So I'm sure we'll, we'll come back to that. But when you're parenting complex kids, there is this tendency to get sucked up into it, right? To get lost into it. And what you're really speaking to is how important it is to keep your head about you and to stay safe and to keep everyone safe. And to do that, you you can't run into it. You have to you have to hold it in some way as separate from you. Does that resonate for you? It does. In fact, you know, one of the really interesting things in a really traumatic call is that ability to be very, very vulnerable and present with somebody mm-hmm. and recognize that this isn't your emergency. Ugh. An emergency. Yes. And that allows me to have that distance where I can function. Because if it's my emergency, it adds a whole nother level of stress that's not needed and is actually super counterproductive. I was going to say it interferes. Absolutely. But it's so hard for parents to separate, you know, we, whether we've birthed kids or not, we, we absorb them as us, as an extension of us, as a, as a parent in some way. And then to, to somehow say, they're the ones going through it and it's not me. And, you know, this comes up all the time in our coaching groups and conversations is, is that use of the word we kind of, it kind of enmeshes, Mm -hmm. right? I think, I mean, I'm thinking two things when you're saying that, Elaine. The first thing that comes up is, of course, it's so easy to enmesh because, you know, the hardest thing in the world, and I'll say this as somebody who used to run into burning buildings and litigate, is to parent. Yeah, (laughs) right. Absolutely. The hardest job we will ever have is to parent. Yeah. And when our child, our child's, all of our children are, are, so amazingly, uh, they have the amazing ability to trigger us in ways no one else can. Right? That's so true. And that's, that's their job, right? Yeah. It's their, that's why they're there in the universe. And so, yes, we're so enmeshed with them. And I think the idea is for the parent to recognize that that's happening and, you know, to understand it's like, what's the soundtrack that's going on? Like, mm-hmm. how is my shame really coming into this. I, I say I, I'm parenting a child who's identifying as being gay. I was raised in a strict Catholic family and was gay and didn't come out until my 30s because I had such ingrained shame. And when our son came to us and said, and he never said, hey, I think I'm gay, because hopefully we gave him so much more space. Right. But it was really obvious in so, so many years and really as a parent, I reacted exactly as my parents did. I just didn't verbalize it, thankfully. Caught okay, myself. I'm not laughing at you at all. And I mean, isn't I'm, that amazing? Yeah, it's literally, I'm literally, I, I, like, I'm literally thinking in my head, oh God, your life would be so much easier <laughs> if you were straight, right? Yeah. It is literally the message that I had from my parents. And it was absolutely with love from my parents. That's really what they believed. 
right? Yeah. And it was literally the, I looked at him and I'm thinking, and thankfully I did not verbalize it, you know, but that's, we have to recognize on some level, oh, wait, that's my shame. You know, my child, thankfully, you know, right now he's sporting a hot fuchsia hairdo and is fully embracing that, right? And there's no shame. He doesn't have any shame, but it's so easy to cross that line. It's so easy to do it. And without doing our own work, it's impossible not to enmesh like that. Well, and so we have this proclivity, if you will, to enmesh. And then you get this complex kid that's got this other layer of needs. And to some extent, there's a whole bunch of stuff around. I don't know how to support that need. So I'm making it. And I guess I know that we're all making it up anyway as parents, because that that instruction manual never did show up on anybody's door. Right. Um, although I, do, I, I did try to write one for, for complex kids, but we're making it up. But there's this extra layer that happens when there is a fear factor or uncertainty or danger or risk. So mm-hmm. how does that play into this conversation? So I'll use a I'll use a firefighter metaphor. You know, everybody's running out of the building because there's a fire and it's, it's our job to put all of our safety equipment on and we never run into a building very un-Hollywood, we actually are (laughs) super vulnerable and we literally crawl in. If it's super hot, we're crawling in on our bellies, not even Mm -hmm. on our hands and knees. And we have a specific job to do. It might be to find somebody in the building. It might be to put the fire out. It might be to search a room. No matter what it is, we just get the job done. So you're not sent in to figure out. No, there's when you're sent in, there's a specific job you're sent to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you just figure it out. No is is not even on the table. Unless there's a safety issue, you don't leave with a no. You complete your job to the best that you can on that day, in that moment, during that emergency. That is just like parenting to me. Yeah, We crawl in on our bellies. We do the best that we can in that moment. And then we crawl out. Well, but you said something key in there that I really want to highlight, which was unless there's a safety issue, right? Yes. So there is a, you take the time. I know you do it quickly, but you take the time to put on all that equipment. You take the time to assess what's going on. So, so it's not, there's, it's not at exclusion of your own safety. Your safety actually comes first. Oh yeah. As a firefighter, you learn very quickly. If you become the emergency, it is the most shameful thing that you can do as a firefighter. If you get hurt, injured, or lost, or killed, literally you become the emergency and you suck all the resources away from the very people that were there to serve. It literally is the worst thing that you can do as a firefighter. And so you're absolutely right. We are very, very clear when we go into a building, we've already done a 360. We've already done a safety checks. I've already done safety checks on all of my crew. We have all of our safety equipment. And we go in knowing something's going to happen that we probably don't expect. And we're going to stay safe no matter what it is. And we're still going to get the job done to the absolute best of our ability. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, it, you know, it's it's. It's the firefighter version of put your oxygen mask on first, right? Exactly. Um, which we talk about all the time. And, and it's this kind of, it's almost become mundane. And yet it's so hard to do. 
Mm-hmm. Right. There's so much work around just giving ourselves permission to take care of ourselves in any way as parents, much yeah. less when we have really complex kids or circumstances. And so I want to slow down what you're saying, which is really taking the time to assess the situation, identify the extent to which it really is or isn't an emergency before you tar- start taking action to address whatever the problem is. Right? Yeah. So, so it's lots of little pieces along the way. Absolutely. And there's no rushing in. Even a firefighter doesn't rush in. It's yeah. all done very deliberately and actually very slowly. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Um, what, what if we could do that as parents? How fascinating would that be? Right. <laughs> So everybody's listening. I had a beautiful opportunity, you know, as a coach, I don't just coach people. I also get coached and, um, and I believe very strongly in, in coaching and that as coaches, we continue to, to do our own work. And I had a great opportunity to do a coaching experience with Shannon, with a group of our peers in, I guess, 2022. And, I want to invite you to teach us a little bit about what you shared because we did a, a high ropes course. I'll see if I can find a picture for the uh, for the show notes. And it was really fun. And it was really exciting. And some people were freaked out and some, some of us had done it before. So it was like a whole different level and it was fun, you know, whatever. It was a great day. But you taught a little bit about about listening to your gut and versus listening to your heart. And you did heart, gut, hara. Talk a little bit about this model that you bring? Yeah. So I think most of us show up in the world and become very successful using this amazing thing that sits on top of our neck, right? And we're mm-hmm. all up in our in our head in this box. And we really very rarely use the intense wisdom that's in our bodies. Yeah. And, you know, our heart has... Uh, science knows now that has actually sends more messages to our brain than the other way around. So it generates more information and sends it to our brain than the other way around. That's amazing, right? right? There is deep wisdom in our heart. And I really align that with kind of our values in, 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 in that area. And then our gut, we have amazing gut intuition, gut sense. And when we pay attention to it, uh, and listen to it and act on it, it can also be amazing. Yeah. And we have actually piece, more neurotransmitters in our gut than we do in our brain. Right. Yeah. Right. It's fascinating right now that we know this because we're so focused. And I think for part of people, especially in midlife, almost all of our successes come from this box up here. And that would and, be the head. And that would be the head. Who are right? listening, yeah. not seeing. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I'm making my Madonna box on my head. Right. <laughs> and I really believe that the next step is the ability to integrate your heart and your gut and your intuition and your hara, which is that that space in your hips, which is really your zone of action and your zone of power. And what the ropes course is all about is I'm all about performance under pressure. Mm-hmm. It's what I did as a lawyer. It's what I did as a firefighter. And it's it's what I did once I became an officer and recognized that using my head, my heart, my gut, and my hara it makes you invincible. It makes you the superpower. Um, Using one of them is amazing, but having that extra toolbox is really that next step. So so what's the distinction? Because I don't think it's it's as clear as as we want it to be yet. So we understand head and heart and gut. What's the hara? The hara is really action. 
So when you're up on the ropes course and you want to move from one obstacle to a next, you're in a meeting and you want to move from one thing to the next. It's really the ability to not get bogged down in what I'm going to call head trash, not get bogged down into the little voice that says, oh, you know, don't comment on that. Nobody wants to hear that. Or, yeah, I don't think you should bring that up now. That's not the right time. Or not wanting to ask for a raise because, you know, the economy, it's not looking good right now. It's not a good time. Hara is really where we get into flow and action and do what needs to be done, no matter what's going on with the head trash, no matter what the self-talk is going on, no matter what our doubts are, our fears, that's all in our head. That's all generated in our headspace. Hara allows us to really act on our dreams, on anything from a place of flow and joy. The word grounded is coming to me as I'm Mm -hmm. hearing you describe it. It's like when we talk about, I got to ground myself, I got to get centered, like all of this, this language around like giving ourselves a space to be present, to be ready for whatever is next. That sounds like another variation of Hara. Yeah. In fact, I believe it was your husband who said, (laughs) (laughs) you taught us how to be grounded 30 feet in the air. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're under stress, that's really when we need to be grounded. That's when we need to be grounded in our power. And you do that by a couple of things. One of them is slowing down. You know, the pace of our life is so intense that when we give us ourselves the gift of slowing down, we can access those three other spaces. Yeah. The heart, the gut, and the hara. When we're running around at Mach 5 speed, we can't listen. It's there, but we can't hear it. Yeah. Too much going on. Well, and it's just kind of two directions I want to go with the little time we have left. One is is that what really jumps at me as you're saying that, and I'm thinking about, and I'll put some stuff in the show notes for you guys, but those of you who are in our community have been learning learning from ours, we talk about Q-tip. Quit taking it personally. Slow down to speed up. There are all these kind of tools and techniques that we that we introduce, and a lot of them are are pun intended grounded in what you're talking about, which is slowing down and grounding ourselves and being intentional and conscious about the actions we're taking, about responding instead of reacting. All right, so that's one thing I kind of that just came up for me. The other thing I want to I want to shift it back to you as we as we begin to move this towards a close, is to talk a little bit about you know how you translate this to you modern day as a mom, right? What's relevant about this as a mother? Yeah, so I parent a child who identifies as gay, and he also has um, some neurodiversity as well. And so she belongs with us, y'all. <laughs> and the way this is directly applicable to how I parent is that my child, just like all of our children, can really trigger me uh, mm-hmm. in, in how he shows up. I jokingly call him the slow loris, which is an animal that moves in the absolute painfully slow way. I am a firefighter. I do everything at speed. (laughs) (laughs) You can see where the conflict is going, right? We need to leave the house at 830 to be at school by nine. I need to get back on time because I've got a call. 
And you know, you can you can see where this is going. This is this well, is and if you're gonna challenge. rush him, he's gonna go start going slower, not faster. Right. Of exactly. Yes. Exactly. So it is, you know, it is it is slowing down and having a conversation with him about, you know, hey, last week I noticed that we did not get out of the house anywhere close to being 830. We 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 maybe left at nine and I missed my first calls. What can we, what can we do this week? Mm. How can we do this differently? I know you were tired last week and you know, we've, we've got the one hour time difference, but how can we do this differently and really problem solve with them, coach them through it instead of, you know, like he's 15, he's a teenager telling him how it's going to be, which is how I was parent is not going to work for him ever. And really coaching him through it, getting him to buy into the solution and today I have to say, I was actually back at my desk at 10 to nine. Huge win for me. the rest of the week. Right. <laughs> so, so in, in, our, in our language, we talk about it in terms of collaboration and that's exactly what it is. It's, it's, it's moving into collaboration. It's problem solving consciously and it's making sure that you're getting buy-in. So there was something in it for him. Yes. Right. Wasn't just about you. Yeah. And, and, and again, not only taking care of myself, um, but also, you know, we're a big believer in adult timeouts. Mm, yeah. I, I, and I have the luxury of having a wife who I can tag team. If it's time for me to have a timeout and I'm just not showing up in the way I want to show up, I have the luxury of, of tapping out and saying, you know what? I need to walk the dog right now. Yeah. I need to, I need to go get, I need to go down and ride the bike whatever I need to do. Yeah. And, you know, we all understand what that means. And that's a luxury. Sometimes you you don't have that luxury. And I understand that. Uh, but that's another, that's something else that we use in our family. It's, uh, you know, kids get out. Notes and, yep. <laughs> and adults need to tap out. So I, I, you know, you and I have, could sit for hours and we have, but it's time to wrap this conversation up. Um, tell people how they can find out more about you or how they can reach you? Well, my website for one, uh, which mm-hmm. is Shannon said, S H A N N O N said S A I D.com. And we'll have it in the show notes. So you don't have to spell it out. Perfect. But, yeah. And then uh, my email, Shannon at insightfulfirefighter.com. Yeah. I'd love to hear what landed. And um, if anybody has any questions. And, love- and what I will say to you guys, if, if you have your professional hat on, you're listening and you'd like someone to come do a team building exercise with your team or your community, I, I highly recommend um, inviting Shannon to come play with you all. So let's wrap this conversation up. Shannon, what did we miss or what do you want to highlight? Mm. I don't think you missed anything. I think it was great. Um, I, I don't think I can add anything. Cool. Yeah. All right. Any Anything you want to like put on your, uh, your soapbox, any message in particular you want parents to leave with today? Maybe it leads into the quote of the message. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is from Joseph Campbell, the heroic journey guy who says, you know, the cave you fear to enter contains the treasure you seek. The cave you fear to enter contains the treasure you seek. I just know in my life, the conversations that I have struggled with having or avoiding, uh, once I was brave enough and had the courage to have those conversations and to enter those caves, 
not only did I have immense relief, but my life became infinitely better. I love that. And I encourage parents to think about, you know, what am I resisting? Where do I not want to go? What do I not want to talk about? And sometimes it's about what's the conversation I want to have that I don't know how to help other people have it with me. Mm -hmm. We do a lot of work around um, taking aim on the conversations I want to have, like you did with your son. Yes. And, And knowing that there are strategies and techniques and things that you can do to move into those things that are not said, because the stress of that, of not saying it, can be so powerful, can be so difficult. So I love that. Yeah. And to lean into the support, you know, Elaine, you have an amazing community. And oftentimes I think parents, especially parents who have complex kids, really need a lot of love and support. So lean into that. And there's a lot of shame around getting it. Going back to that initial conversation, right? I shouldn't need it. And Mm -hmm. so I should figure this out on my own. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. Get that. Yeah. All right, my friends, Shannon, thank you so much. Lieutenant Shannon Sedlicek, everybody, thank you for being with us. Thank you for what you're doing and and how you've brought this work into the world. It's beautiful to to witness. And thanks for sharing yourself with my community. You're very welcome. Thanks for inviting me. Um, I hope that I provided some, some useful tips and some love to your audience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to those of you listening, check in with yourself. How's it going? What'd you take away from today? What's one insight that you want to take forward from this conversation into your week? And as always, thanks for what you're doing for yourself and for your kids. At the end of the day, it makes an enormous difference. Take care, everybody. Have a great week. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Behavior therapy training for parents is actually recommended as a first-line treatment for complex kids. For information about Sanity School, our training program for parents or teachers, which has helped thousands of families around the globe, visit impactparents.com slash sanity school. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.